Today, we're welcoming Nikki, who is a client at My Ed Therapist. This is Steph speaking, my practice, in Redondo Beach, California. I'm excited for Nikki to get introduced to you, Smarties. You'll find her to be eloquent, mature, and wildly self-reflective. Nikki is a high-achieving student who needed to learn to scale back. Nikki came to educational therapy with a growth mindset, and she was open to seeing what it could do to benefit her and her life. Through increasing her awareness about how she was using and wasting her time, Nikki learned time management strategies that created a ton more free time in her life while mitigating her anxiety and stress. She also shares how her home life is so different as a result of educational therapy. Nikki is the perfect example of a highly motivated student who's willing to do the work, but needs tools to become efficient and respectful of her time. Be sure to listen to the end where you can hear Rachel and I speak about our thoughts and impressions. Get ready to be impressed, Smarties. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 57 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Kapp. And I'm Stephanie Pitts. Today, we're welcoming Nikki. Say hi, Nikki. Hello. And Nikki is one of Steph's clients at My Ed Therapist in Redondo Beach, California. And Nikki, you started working with Steph in July of 2018. And you see Steph once a week, right? Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how old you are, what grade you're in? My name is Nikki. I'm in 10th grade and I'm 15 and a half. Perfect. And Nikki, what brought you to educational therapy? I think my mom really initiated the whole conversation about me getting an educational therapist. And also last summer, I went to like a place where they tell you your IQ and they test you. Mm -hmm. um, And I found... Uh, my brain is like does not memorize things the way like the other people do and like has Mm -hmm. the capacity to memorize and so well they said you should like learn tricks to help and like to be like the other people executive functioning there you go yeah yes (laughs) what was kind of happening at school that led to you getting we call that neuropsych testing Mm -hmm. what was happening at school that kind of led your family down that path my brother is very smart. And so my parents had like noticed for him from a very young age, he was way better than the other students and they wanted to see uh, what his was. So they were like, why don't we just see what Nikki's IQ is? And, And so it led us down the path that way. But I don't think my grades were necessarily like impacted because of it. It was very, very minimal. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I think it's for like a lot of people, you may not know it. And it's a good tool. To know about yourself, right? Yeah. I think this brings up a point, a really good point, because you are very smart, Nikki, first of all, and you get really good grades. Yes. And you were getting really good grades Mm -hmm. when we started. Yeah, somewhat, yeah. Right? Yeah. You were. Yeah. You were were getting A's, maybe a couple B's. It was all A's, but it was like a lot of work to get those A's. Yeah. Yes, a lot of work to get those A's. Okay. So just to clarify that. So then you went in for neuropsych testing Mm -hmm. and then your mom initiated it and you came to me. Yes. 
what was that conversation with your mom like? So my mom was like, Nikki, I think you should just try it out one time and then see what it's like and see if you think it will benefit you. So it was really just like, just try it out and see. And then also, I know Stephanie said, you know, you're not going to see a lot of results after just once. You kind of have to do it over a certain course to really see and understand. And I also think the environment that when I went into it was just really like welcoming and safe. And so I think I came in like with an open mind and I was able to learn a lot. I have a couple of follow-ups to that. Yes. This is a little sidebar for Steph and I. Steph, had you coached her mom to offer up just one session initially? I don't remember. I bet you did. I must have. <laughs> I bet you did. It might have been like a week I'm not, or like two weeks. Yeah, like give it a couple of goes. Yeah. And then the second thing, I want to just give Steph a virtual high five because we worked really hard to get that office to be welcoming. And, <laughs> and, and by we, I mean, Steph has worked really hard to continually <laughs> make that office a welcoming space, but we don't want it to be intimidating when kids walk in. Yeah. It's like, like it should be fun. It's beachy. It's yeah. true. It's very beachy. <laughs> she knew from day one, it was going to be beachy. I remember when we <laughs> saw the space for the first time and she's like, dude, beach. <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit about that first session? What was it like to meet Steph? Do you remember anything specific about that interaction? Honestly, I feel like a really long time ago, but I do remember she was like, what are your habits? What do you do now? Mm -hmm. And then we went over what I do over the course of like a day, I believe, and just discuss other things I could do. It was very, the first day that I went in, it was very getting to know each other, I feel like, and like, what, are, what classes are you taking? What are your grades like? Just to set like a base for everything. You guys were building rapport. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I remember saying you were about to go on a class trip and right. you were getting all of that together and ready. And it was over the summer. And, mm -hmm, yeah. and I think, you know, we were just sort of talking about maybe some of the things that you wanted out of the upcoming school year. Mm -hmm. Because of your age, I really wanted you to have a say in what you would like things to look like going forward. Right. Yes, I so agree. So I think we talked a lot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good point to make that when a student comes into ed therapy, really after age 11, 12, they have to have a voice in what we're doing and why. And they have to have an investment in it. So I love that you kind of built that in immediately, Steph. That's awesome. Mm. So what have sessions been like? What has changed? And tell us a little bit about the impact so far. Okay, yeah. So I think like in a session, um, I come in. And Stephanie's kind of like, what do we have on our plates for this week, mm -hmm. next week? I and mean, I get out my agenda and we go over specifically planning out, I think is really an important tool I've learned. But I think how it's impacted me, it's made me less stressed, less anxious. I think I really have made the bad habit of just getting really stressed out about something and just making it worse. And then also learning to spend less time on things that don't matter as much, but just putting in the amount of effort I need to and not going over the top because then it takes a longer amount of time. Mm -hmm. So I think just those little tiny things that we work on, like all add up and make it so much less stressful and I'm able to do other things I enjoy. I want to interject here because 
Mickey is the kind of student that has beautiful notes in different colors and everything is just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. However, it was costing her a lot of her precious time and energy. So because she's such a conscientious student, and this is different for, you know, not every student is like this, but I've been working on teaching her how to scale back. Mm -hmm. All of the information doesn't need to be important. Mm -hmm. And how can you systematize things and make things go faster, such as not changing colors in your notes? Right now, a strategy that we've been working on is like highlighting things Mm -hmm. after rather than writing each word that is important in a different color. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Let me just make sure I'm understanding. So in one sentence, it would be like a rainbow of colors. <laughs> I mean, I think I was very <laughs> focused on making my notes look really pretty. Oh my gosh. I got to hook you up with a client of mine because if I hear, <laughs> Rachel, it's got to be cute one more time. <laughs> like, it does not have to be cute. <laughs> my notes now are not cute. But they serve the purpose that they're supposed to. There you go. I love that. Yeah. I highlight important key terms. But now I just have the information I need. It's not like all over the place. I feel like with all the different colors, I have to remember. I remember I used to have to remember like red means this. Blue means this. Green means this. All those different colors. And it just kind of got confusing. But now I just have like a systematic like pink means you need to go over this. Green means you're good. And then yellow means you kind of need to go over it. But you're okay. And so like little things like that with highlighting, but like less than what I used to has served a good purpose. So for our audience, if you want to hear more about that red light, green light strategy, (laughs) (laughs) which is the strategy that Rachel taught me, go back and listen to episode four. She'll link it in the show notes. I've already written it down. Mm -hmm. I love it. That is a strategy that I feel like is a game changer, especially for students who waste a lot of time reviewing information they already know. Yeah. So some students only get red and greens with me. Not everybody gets yellows. It depends on the age of the client too, I would add. It's either you know it or you don't know it. But I like for older students to give that kind of in-between too. That's an awesome time saver, I I imagine, right? Yes. Stop you from reviewing Mm -hmm. what you already knew. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for her, one of the other things that we've been working on is how long things actually take. Okay. Tell me more about that. I remember a while ago, my notes used to be like really pretty. And now I remember today I was taking chemistry notes and it was kind of like fast and rushed and it doesn't look as pretty, but I was able to process the information and put it on the paper. And like now I know it. Totally. No, okay. <laughs> well, okay. So then going back to when we're going through your planner mm-hmm. and we're deciding when and how long things take and when you're going to do them. That's one of the things that we've been working on a lot because I remember when you first started coming, you started saying, oh, this will take me this long and I'll do it in this period of time. Mm-hmm. And then when you would come back to me the next week, you would say, I didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't do it. You set yourself up in a situation that wasn't reasonable because you wanted to do several hours of work or during a time when your friends were hanging out and you wanted to hang out with your friends Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really been a shift also. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. I think making reasonable decisions is something I used to lack being able to do. But now like with my agenda, writing like actual times, like from 4.15 to 4.30, I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to take a break for 10 minutes. So then I'll come back at whatever time. 
being a little bit more in depth in that case, instead of just writing, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 and I'm going to do it in the next five hours. I think being more detail oriented in that way has helped. So does the time restriction help you become more efficient or does the fact that you are limiting, limiting the amount of time that you're allowing. Cause like five hours for like four tasks, I'm sitting here thinking that's, that just sounds like a long time. Yeah. Right. So what do you think it is? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that I had a uh, idiosyncrasy to spend a lot of time on things that didn't need to. So by saying, I'm only going to spend 30 minutes on this. Like if I first, I assess it, what's like important about this, how much time do I really need to spend on it? A reasonable amount of time and like trying to stick to it instead of just allowing it to get longer and longer because of that if I make a wider more broad oh just do it then mm-hmm. so I think in that way it is good but also I think sometimes I do still go off if I say 415 to 430 sometimes it ends up being 445 mm-hmm. and I mean yeah like I'm still learning that's fine or I just didn't assess it to the best of my ability but I think it definitely gives me a better sense of my schedule. And so then I can like plan other things and not just spend my whole day doing homework or studying. This is why we always talk about that educational therapy actually creates more white space, more free time for Mm -hmm. the students who come. Because I think it's actually a relief for our clients to hear from us. Good students don't spend endless amount of hours doing the work. Yeah. Can you tell them a little bit about how you and I have talked about this a lot, but how you feel like ninth grade is different from 10th grade at this point? So I know I said that ninth grade is you're easing into high school. So it's less work in a way, but it's also more work because, I mean, compared to 10th grade, I think it's way more work than ninth grade because you're in high school, you're in the experience, you've already like had that buffer year you could say coming into high school Mm -hmm. but I think Mm -hmm. like in compared to eighth grade eighth grade was really hard for me ninth grade was stressful and then 10th grade it's stressful but it's gotten a lot easier manageable yeah the ninth grade is like the buffer year so it seems like it's a lot of work because the 10th grade you were like kind like looking back on it it wasn't that much but it still was hard if that makes sense yeah Yeah, no, it does. And I think, remember, one of the things that we talked about is that you had no life in ninth grade. Yes. Yeah, I remember I studied for a math test the whole day, 12 hours one time. It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and you were very stressed Mm -hmm. and very anxious in ninth grade. Yes. And I remember you said to me before the beginning of this school year that you didn't want to have another year like last year. It was not a good year last year. I was taking all honors classes. So I think that might have been a reason because now I'm not, I have like a two regular, but yeah, now I'm able to like go do volunteer. Like I volunteered for the library like two days ago. Like I'm doing mm. things that I never thought I would be able to do. I thought it's just all about school and all about doing the homework, but there's so much more things to do mm-hmm. outside of that. And last year mm-hmm. I definitely did not do that. You figured out what we've been working on is giving yourself some time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you're definitely getting there with that for sure. Yeah. Is home life different now as a result of working with staff and educational therapy? So, yes, I definitely think that home life is different. 
now that I'm doing educational therapy, for example, my phone, my parents were always on me about my phone. Nikki, you need to get off your phone. Nikki, you got to do your homework. You can't be on your phone. Nikki, you're on your phone so much. You need to stop. And that also really annoyed me because, you know, I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be able to spend as much time on my phone as possible. But now there's also a thing called screen time on your phone. So you can see how much time you spend on each app. And then I also, my parents have put a limitation on some parts. But beside the point, I think that there's a lot less tension surrounding the phone, for example, because now they're saying I'm getting my homework done. And I've also, from educational therapy, I've learned I always had like a negative feeling towards homework and I still do a little bit, but I think it's lessened because I've been spending less time on it and still getting the good grades, putting in less effort, but like more love in a way. Mm-hmm. For example, my phone has been less of an issue um, and it's just made everybody happier in my family. And then I think overall, like the stress of like just getting your homework done or studying, because I think my phone was an outlet for me yeah. to like not do my homework, like a procrastination thing. And I haven't really been using it as much as a procrastination tool because of the tools I've been given. So it's definitely brought a lot less tension, I would say. And let's talk about sleep. Because one of the other things I think we've prioritized and working on is getting you more sleep. Mm -hmm. And I think your parents were very adamant that that was an important part for them that you needed to have more sleep in your life because you weren't getting very much. Mm -hmm. So what's happened Sleep-wise. Yeah. We had AP exams these two weeks. I would say it's like not fair to talk about these two weeks sleep-wise. Let's go on the trend of the year. Yeah. But I think overall, my sleep routine has gotten better. A couple of times I was going to bed like the same time as my 10-year-old brother. And like he goes to bed at like 9.30. And my parents always had the expectation like, Nikki, you need to go to bed at 10.30 every night. And I think sometimes that's reasonable. Sometimes it's not. But I used to be going to bed at like 11, 30, 12 sometimes. And I think that's lessened a lot because I've not been using my phone as a procrastination tool. I've been just getting my homework done, learning. I think it's a very important thing. I've just been learning and like not putting so much effort into like the colors and stuff. Mm-hmm. I used to fall asleep in classes in my like my first class. And I still, I did one time and I really feel bad about that, but it's definitely a lot less and I'm a lot less tired. I'm not yawning as much because of educational therapy. I love that. (laughs) That's great. I think you're a lot happier too. Yeah. 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 So Nikki, if a parent was listening and they were feeling nervous about educational therapy, what would you tell them about the whole process? And then the same question for if there's a learner, a student listening, what would you tell them about at therapy? I think for a parent, I would say, again, how for my mom, she wasn't afraid, first of all. I think she was just kind of going into it with an open mind. And me as a student, I came in to it with an open mind. So I think it's just important to realize, hey, like you don't have to make a decision. If you just try it a couple of times or like however long and just see, it's not going to negatively affect you if you do this. If anything, it's just going to positively affect you. It's not going to harm you in any way, especially because like for me, it's been such a safe place. And like when I go, I always feel like if I'm so stressed before I go and a lot of the anxiety um, leaves me because I realize like somebody 
besides my parents have my back school-wise and like want the best for me. So I think it's also like an outlet to like talk about your stresses in school and your anxiety. And then Stephanie's like, okay, so like, what can we do? What plans can we make? And so I think that's all part of the process. Again, it can only positively benefit from doing it. And I think it's just great to just take that shot. And I don't know why it would not be good for you, but I, I'm pretty sure it will be. So I don't <laughs> think it's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> And what would you tell kids? I would say for kids, the same thing, honestly. It's also a really fun place. I'm never upset when I'm about to go there. Like, I'm not like, oh, I got to go to educational therapy. This is going to take time out of my day. And also, I think one thing I was nervous about was the fact I was like, why am I spending an hour going when I can be spending that hour doing homework? Right. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that hour going in there, sometimes decreases the amount of homework I will have by so much more than an hour, if that makes sense. Yes. It's just a safe space and environment and they really have your back and they want you to do better. To have somebody in your corner is like a great thing for me. Yeah. I think that they should do it. (laughs) (laughs) Steph, is there anything else you want to ask or talk about? I'm so proud of you because where you were last year Mm -hmm. and where you are now you have made so much progress. Yeah. And like I said before, I think you're figuring out your way. We've talked about this. You're starting to really figure out who you are as a learner and what things as you figure out what's important and what's not important and that not everything has to go by this rubric that you had in your head that somebody might have taught you in the past or that you, I don't know if you came up with by yourself because you're just so conscientious. But as you mature and as you learn all of these things, it's just going to continue to get better because you are already doing, your journey has been amazing to watch and I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm so excited to learn more and become a better learner. That's awesome. I want to say one question and I want to say one thing about something you said earlier. You said earlier that you thought it was an idiosyncrasy that you're like, I have to spend five hours doing something. Mm -hmm. What I wanted to say to you about that is that that is how oftentimes we understand studying to look like. So a lot of times for parents calling, they'll say to us on the phone, I sometimes think our clients don't know how many conversations we're having with parents about changing the language and like working with them, but it's never about how much time you're spending. It's about what you're doing for what result, right? Mm -hmm. And so cut yourself a little bit of slack is what I'm saying about that particular piece of your study history, because that's a very traditional kind of old school mentality. So what I was saying was parents will call and say, my kid needs to spend X amount of time doing this assignment. Well, no, (laughs) because if they can get it done in a third of the time, why should they waste the rest of the time? A frequent accommodation that parents think is really going to elevate and help their kids is extended time on testing. I'm sure you've heard of that. Mm. You have to know what to do with that time, right? Time management is a very tricky thing for students and parents both to learn together. And then the next question that I had was, what's next? What do you want to continue working on? I think I want to continue working on my memory 
think now it takes me a while sometimes to like understand a question and like my concentration isn't as good as I want it to be. And I'm not like trying to compare myself to other people who don't have executive functioning problems, for example, but I just want to be like a better student in the way of given anything, I can conquer it and I can, I also just want to grow and have a better memory as much as possible, be able to, any task I have, like not be able to be so stressed and anxious about it. I know like my teacher a month ago, she started calling me like, oh, you're my little stress ball. And I was like, oh, so like that's how she at least perceives me to be. And I don't want to come off as that. And so learning how to lower my stress levels even more than I already have is something I also really, really want to learn. You're moving in that direction, right? You kind of want to stay the course. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love it. Steph, is there anything else you wanted to add? No, I don't think so. I adored getting to know you, Nikki, and thank you so much for agreeing to do this despite all our technical issues. Yeah. Right before we hit <laughs> yeah. yeah. And right after an AP exam yeah. right and after all an AP. the things, I know you're really burnt out. It's been a rough couple of weeks for you, yeah. but thank you for coming on and spending your afternoon. I enjoyed it. Oh, good. And I meant what I said before we hit air. You should listen to this episode six months after it airs mm -hmm. to give yourself that marker of yeah. like, things are going to be different six months from now. Also, they really are. Mm -hmm. They really and are. And maybe we'll have you back on to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now that we have the tech figured out. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Nikki. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki. Wow, Steph. Well done. Thank you. That was awesome. She's awesome. I love getting to do these episodes because I hear all about this, right? And like, yeah, I know I say it every time we do a success story and we bring on a client or a parent from our practice, but I just love getting to hear from a client's perspective what the journey has been like for them because we have our own perspective on it. For sure. You know, quite frankly, to hear our impact is really awesome. Yeah. Everybody should have a podcast where they could talk to people about the work that they do with them. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And I think the thing that's different about Nikki is that she came in with a very open mind. Yeah. And I also think what's really important to note is that she didn't come in and we often talk about this. We have students come in and they're failing all their classes. She came in with A's. Exactly. But she came in with at what cost was she getting right. these A's? And learning how to change that for her, it really has been a game changer, I think, in a lot of ways. There were a lot of times where, you know, her family, we'd have discussions about trying to make changes so that the harmony at home was better and she was getting more sleep. And now her parents aren't having those discussions with me anymore because she's starting to manage it on her own in such an amazing way. And it's developmentally appropriate at this time, mm -hmm. right? Everything she was kind of talking about, the screen time issue, the sleep issue, her parents intervening, mm -hmm. right? And trying to give her some structure is so developmentally appropriate, as is her ownership of her time in her school. It sounds like she always owned school. She took it seriously. Yes. Oh, very, very. She's very motivated. And she always wants to do well. And I think that the journey of learning that you can still do well and it not be... Everything. Yeah. Or 
It's not going to take five hours. It doesn't need to take five hours. She's starting to become the master of, oh, I can do this in the car on the drive home because she's got a little bit of a drive to me. So, oh, I can do this on the drive home or, oh, I can do this That's awesome. You know, at this time. So she's really starting to manage her time in a way that's much more efficient. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, you and me, or if I've ever said this on the podcast, but when I was in middle school and high school, so I went to a school that was for seven years, oftentimes they'd have one or two classes that were kind of like, let's call them floating. Mm -hmm. They weren't highly academic. Meanwhile, my other five really, really were. Mm -hmm. And what would happen is there would be free time in other classes. And I would know, like I took a play production class. There's a lot of downtime in play production. Mm -hmm. And I would bring work from other classes. Oh, yeah. And get it done. And that was kind of the culture of the school. We were all doing that. We were all like, let's get this assignment done in this period or whatever. And then I would come home and I would have more free time. Oh, yeah. And I was the same way as I got later, later in high school, it sort of became, oh, I have 15 minutes here. What can I get done during that time? Totally. Because it was all about being able to watch TV, (laughs) which by the way, has not changed (laughs) at all. I had a lot of soccer practice, so I was always really tired when I got home. So, so yeah, I applaud her for starting to, you know, really be able to do that as a sophomore. She's a little bit ahead of me. I'm really impressed by her. I'm really impressed by you as always. Thank you. I loved that she like brought up the red light, green light. (laughs) I think we've heard from several people that that particular strategy has been a game changer from a therapist. We've heard that learning specialists have brought that up with us when we've spoken to them. And so go back and listen to that episode if you haven't yet. Yeah. So Smarties, if you've been listening and you're interested in an on-air coaching call, we'd love to have you come on. And you can reach out to us in any of the ways. Email us at rachelandsteph at learnsmarterpodcast.com. You can go on our website at www.learnsmarterpodcast.com or on Facebook or on Instagram. There's all the ways that you can get in touch with us and we see everything. So if you are thinking, you know, I would really like to talk to them about what's going on with my child or you yourself, we'd love to hear from you. I just made a little note that we're going to put those other on-air coaching calls and the other success stories that we have already aired in our show notes. So if you haven't listened to all of those, you should definitely go back and listen because those are really some special episodes, at least for us. We hope you guys like them. We hear that you do. So Yeah, exactly. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great week, Smarties.